Hello and welcome to Flamenco Attitude. This is the weekly podcast that brings you all things flamenco. And um, if you have listened to our previous episodes, you will know that we've covered uh, pretty much every topic that we can think of so far, starting with what flamenco actually is, flamenco fashion, flamenco posters, posters, and even the lives of great artists like Paco de Lucia. Much more to come. We're always coming up with fresh ideas, but just to give you an insight of what we do, a flamenco attitude headquarters, I would call it. Um, today is our final episode of the season. So that's uh, season five finale. And we're going to end up on something really interesting. But before we get into that, I would like to say hello, welcome and thank you to our new listeners from Slovakia and the Virgin Islands. Thank you very much for your interest. And I hope, you know, the topics are something that is interesting for you as much as it's interesting for us exploring them. If you would ever like to talk to us, write to us with comments and questions, please do so. We are on Twitter at FlamencoPod, so you can tweet us there, or you can write to us on an email, culturepodcasts at gmail.com. Everything is going to be linked in the description box below, so you won't miss it if you'd like. Are you superstitious? Well, this is what we're asking in probably the spookiest time of the year, which is around what the world calls Halloween, uh, coming up this Sunday on the 31st of October. And even though Aunt Lucia doesn't celebrate Halloween as such, there are some interesting points that we're going to bring connected to superstitious people um, in flamenco, some of the rituals um, singers and dancers do before they go on stage, and stories that um, Marcos is going to fill us in. Uh, and I have a brief kind of look before the program, very interesting things coming up. Also, we're going to talk about a word that is connected to flamenco. However, we're going to unpack exactly what it means, why it's so much used by people and why Marcos personally doesn't like to use it too much because that's Marcos for you. Let's dive into our episode finale of season five on superstition in flamenco. Marcus, the obvious starter is, are you superstitious? Well, I am. I'm very superstitious. Now, if we move away from flamenco, first of all, yeah. yes, I don't go under ladders. Um, I don't like to cross on the stairs. Uh, I throw salt backwards <laughs> over my shoulders. And, as the listeners have heard, we've got a black cat. We have a perfectly pitch black cat, yes. Now, as we're going to go on to this in a moment, yes, I'm very uh, nervous about playing the petanera. Yes. In public. So yeah. from a flamenco perspective, I am very superstitious. One thing I didn't tease up in our kind of opener is that there are songs yeah. that singers don't actually don't like to public. perform. Yeah. So are we going to start actually with this? I like this as a start. Uh, we have a cante called Petanera, and we didn't cover it when we talked about the different cantes. No, no, it was so. a... It was a well, in a way, it's a, it was a good admission, wasn't it? Because it leaves us to talk about the yeah, petanera. Yeah, leaves us room for yeah. it. Um, yeah, I mean, petanera, many, many artists don't like to perform it in public. The origins of it is about a, a woman, a beautiful woman, who attracted uh, lots of lovers and then deceived them. Um, and the legend goes that she met a very unpleasant death. Now, 
We believe that she came from the Pueblo of Paterna in, in Cadiz. That's why it's called Paterna. Yeah, why well, it's called that, which is <coughs> near to Jerez in the province of Cadiz. And we get this thing called the Black Legend. Mm. And the idea behind that is that if you perform this in public, you might get some very bad luck. Now, are there actually cases of performers <laughs> doing this and getting bad luck? I'm, I'm just curious to find out. Well, that, that I wouldn't like to say, but I, what I would say is that yeah. people are reluctant to do it. And, and so if you go to flamenco festivals, you, you'll be hard-pressed to find somebody you wouldn't hear doing it. a petanera. Mm -hmm. Well, I think... You know how sometimes we, we put this into our heads that something that we're going to do will bring us bad luck. And even if it won't, we're trying to find, you know, instances well, where yeah, you, we're you trying to find clues. Chance, do you? You, you don't want to, I, I wouldn't <laughs> want to take the chance. Um, so you, you talked to us about the Pueblo of Paterna. Yeah. Um, was that a village where anything necessarily bad happened or? Well, was it? There's kind of talk about it way back centuries and yeah. centuries ago, but yeah. you know, all of this is we don't know if this is mythology or whatever. What I can say to you is that uh, you know, you won't find many records that have got it on, yeah, yeah. And I think what you want to know is because I know you love playing I love. beautiful records and stuff. And you know we've got the, the classic. We have the ultimate, of course. Cameron de Lisle has recorded any genre that there, subgenre of flamenco yeah, that there is. Yeah. So. so he, his attitude would be, well, I've got to get the whole lot covered. Paco de Lucia yeah. next to him. And Paco de Lucia. And this is a, a record from the early 70s, mm -hmm. and he records on this uh, in La Provincia de Cadiz. No, no better place, I suppose. No. Yeah. And, and so he, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, as far as I know, uh, it's the only example of him doing it. Was he nervous to record that? I, I, think, Were they, I, I, I think so, because otherwise he would have done it again. You know, and I've never—I don't think I've got any live recordings of, of him doing it. But you know, <clears throat> um, it's a wonderful thing, and. I, I, hopefully you can play an example mm -hmm. of, I, I, of I, this for, for this. I, I, I would abso absolutely love this if I can find it. Um, no doubt. Yeah. I, of course, I will try as I, I mean, always do. In other words, they used to call it the green one, you know, not just the black <laughs> legend, but the green one. What is the story in Cameron's song? Oh, now you put me on the spot there. I haven't got the lyrics here. But it, it'll follow, Roughly, it'll, it'll, no, it will follow. It'll follow the normal pattern. It, it will. About, about this woman, yeah, yeah. Have you ever been in the village? I haven't, but uh, no, no, I haven't no. been there. No. No, I haven't been there. No. I put, I planted a little seed in your head, I think, oh, for yeah. a few. I'd have to go then. There's probably some plaque there or something, yeah. Um, yeah. But you said, am I superstitious? And I am because for many years I toured with a guitarist who was a, who was a, a brilliant flamenco composer, David Shepard, and he wrote us a petanera. This was a petanera going into Bulleria. And it's beautiful. But I said to him, I'm very nervous about playing mm. this in public because, you know, and he, he said, oh, I'm sure it will be fine. And I said, yeah, but if we do it, it could bring us bad luck. But, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't ever play it now. But then I did occasionally. 
because he'd bothered to write this wonderful interpretation of it. Yeah. But I did always worry about it when we were out on the road. So I, I, I wouldn't be able to pay you enough money to perform it for me. To be honest with you, Galia, um, I, I wouldn't even be able to play it now. But yeah. it's an interesting... Is it, is it an intricate type of music? It's very intricate, and he goes into... Mm -hmm. he, he, he takes it from the Petanera into the Bururia, Bururia yeah. and then back. So yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's a combination of the two. So that's probably how he sold it to me and said, don't, don't think of it as Petanera, think yeah. it as Bururia, <laughs> with, a, with a different introduction. Now, um, when I arrived this morning, you had... A few. Well, you had Cameron's um, vinyl with Paco de Lucia, you had a book, and you have another vinyl of somebody whose face is, <laughs> is in the shadows. But I think this is the same person linked to the book that you're currently holding in your hands. Pericon de Cadiz. What does that mean? Well, it's the Mr. Pericon of the Cadiz. But what, what, it, what is interesting about this is um, he, as far as I could find, for you because you, you asked me to research superstition in flamenco. Mm. He is the most superstitious artist that I've managed to find. What does he do then? What makes him the most superstitious artist? Well, what he used to do um, in the days when people were quite poor in the flamenco, in the barrio de, de Santa Maria, which is one of the flamenco barrios of, of, of Cadiz, the senoritos, the wealthy people, would ride in a horse carriage and have a singer sing to them as they went round. And this was a very big thing, yeah? And that's how he earned his money. But one day, uh, as he went under a balcony, somebody decided to play a trick on him. And they put a sheet over their head to look like they a ghost. A ghost mm. But a ghost of a woman, like as, as a shawl, and cr c came out with some very crazy words. And it scared the life out of him. And it put in his head that there's ghosts in the in the in this district. He literally uh, bought it. He did yeah. right, in, in yeah. the Barrio de, de Santa Maria. And later on in his life, he moved to another area, and he lived below a woman who was was a, a widow or whatever, you know. But he could hear her talking, and he was convinced that she was talking to to somebody. And then he asked her. Well, who, who were you talking to? Yeah. And she said, well, I was talking to my daughter. And then he found out that the daughter was dead. So she... So all his life, he became very obsessed with ghosts. Yeah. And as you can see, um, we'll, we'll take a photo of this. We will, yes. This is a thousand and one stories. So, La Mille y Una Historias. Look, I mean, what a cover. What do you think? Oh, so just this, and um, obviously follow us at Flamenco Pod. I'm going to put a picture of this because this is brilliant. So we have... And it's not for oh, sale, Gary. It's do, not for sale. Let me have a look. <laughs> um... Oh, this is so atmospheric. I, yeah. I think from all the books that it's you've showed me, this, this is the best cover for me. Yeah. How would you describe it? Because you picked up on the fact that it's even got an octopus on it. Out. So we, we have we have a, a night scene. So that's yeah. during the We have a, a singer dancer, I suppose, yeah, yeah. a flamenco with the typical um, dress with yeah. the polka dots, the full moon at the background. We yeah. have palm trees. So She's on right? a balcony, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And then we have the creatures of the night, maybe a wolf. Yeah. And, um, and an we, ha we, have a, we have a cat and we have an octopus. 
and the octopus has gone for a walk in, oh yeah as you do. Yeah, yeah yeah i mean octopus is very intelligent creatures yeah. you know uh, I mean, from what i gather the book which i'm, I'm a terrible reader nowadays it, it's full of that type of story you know so he was a very superstitious man uh, you know probably the most wrote about man that there is in, about what is your favorite story from there well, uh, I think the one that, well, actually, the, my favourite story from there is a bit parallels my own life. Um, he, he entered a competition in Madrid yeah. where there was about 150 singers and uh, he travelled there and obviously he saw the prize money was quite good. Going through a laborious thing of putting up with listening to endless singers singing Fandango <laughs> after Fandango after Fandango, he decided to really go for it and do Sigaria Buraria and end on the thing from his home city, Alegria. And the, the judges decided, yes, you're the man, you'll, you'll, you'll get the prize. But then, an according to this book, an aristocrat who was running it all said, I'm sorry, because we've had so many singers come here, 150 singers, we can't uh, pay you at the moment, but we will pay you shortly. And that never happened. That never happened. <laughs> he went to a lawyer in Seville, he says, and they said, don't worry, we'll sort this out. And then in this book, the man, this aristocrat who hadn't paid him yet, said, look, I want you to go to San Luca de Barrameda yeah. and perform. So he goes and does that. And then he says, I'm sorry, but because of the attendance, I can only give you half of what we agreed. Mm. And this is the story of lots of people in, in Flamenco. Yeah. Remember I told you, there's no money in Flamenco. You did. You, I, <laughs> I, I, also, I also think you're slightly biased towards Fandango. I don't think it's one of your favourite genres. Well, well, I mean, it's like I, I was talking to my wife about this because yeah. I've been to these competitions where they do tarantas, you know. So you're talking about, say, 300 people or, or singers, whatever. It's going to take a week or something. And they all do three tarantas. So it's an amazing thing to go to because you're getting the same style over, over and, and over again. again. Yeah, it's a bit, yeah. yeah, I understand. It's a bit overplayed. Yeah. And then when they've sorted that out, that only means that those people that have gone, they're just going through to the next round. Yeah. So you've got another three days of... Of endless fandangos. <laughs> not that I'm against fandango. No, not against, but I know... I think it should be used uh, in listen, moderation. Listen, per personally, I, I, I told you, I think a few episodes ago, uh, I do find the Taranta incredibly atmospheric. Yeah. I think this is my favourite genre, although yeah. I do get that not everyone plays it. Yeah. I need to listen back to some I think of the public are more warm to rumba or tango. Or well, or, yeah. Do you think the sort of the darker uh, genres... Are difficult for people, yeah. Are difficult to yeah. sink in. Yeah. Is flamenco seen as sometimes music that's more for fun, for people who are not really into the... Well, the yeah, stuff. I mean, I'll tell you what will make you laugh. You you yeah. just pointed to this historic record yeah. that we've got at yeah. Perigón. Yeah. And there's a line on the back of the of the sleeve and it says if you think flamenco is all about castanets and clapping and, and polka dots and polka dots this record is not for you yes yeah. <laughs> it says it on the back of the <laughs> i love it oh, I, i'll also take a picture for our twitter but yeah. we see uh pericon de cadiz yeah. with um manolo vargas oh what a name and do you like do you like the hats that was the next thing that i was going to say how do we know we're flamenco in that time because we're wearing hats yeah it's a very, it's, 
It's a bit like when we watch these movies in in England about uh, Scotland Yard. You know, I was going to say, you know, I was I was going to say that this is this is more of a, yeah. a type of underground sort of. But I was talking to um, Frida, uh, your wife, when I came in about the book, um, and she says that. It's like the podcast that we do right now. The style is very conversational. You could actually imagine him talking to you. Yeah. Um, so I, I suppose this is why you enjoyed it, because it's a very personal, but, you know, in a way, easy to, to follow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's brilliant. I'm going to take it's, it's, I'm, I'm going to try and find it. You've got to put those pictures up. I will put this picture up. Yeah, yeah this is so I've good. I've got to be honest with you, Daniel. It's nothing is the same. Ah, yes. I haven't been trying my luck. <laughs> okay, what would you recommend from um, Pericon? Anything, really. I Anything. Mean, I think you might be... I mean, I think of, of a style, Allegria. Alleg Any Allegria that we can yeah. possibly yeah. find yeah. Yeah. would that be good. That might be difficult. Okay, yeah. we, we will really I, try. We won't have any problem with the camera. I don't think so. I was going to say that when, whenever I've tried to find something by Cameron, it's immediately yeah. out. Yeah. Um, funnily enough, because I think he has such extensive art that, you know, I was thinking... And he was on a major level. Yeah, but I was thinking that some of the records would be more actually difficult to find because he has done so many. Yeah. But I have never had a problem. Yeah, you're right. I mean, so, you can buy a wonderful <clears throat> box. I was in a record shop many years ago in Sevilla. And a very young boy walked in and he said, have you got the, the Cameron full set? I said, yeah. You know? And they went up on, onto the shelf and brought down this enormous box. Mm. It's got everything, everything, yeah. you know? And he paid, I don't know, 200 euro or something. And he went away very happy with this great big thing that's got every single thing that he ever recorded mm. in. That was a question I had when I received your uh, email, because you always send me notes before we start recording why would the um flamenco wedding song be considered part of the world of superstition yeah i mean it's an interesting one the, the alborea alborea Frank flamenco gypsy wedding song um there is a superstition attached to it in the sense that very few flamenco artists have ever recorded it we have a cover so, on recording though don't we <laughs> yes. so if you were one of my students and you wanted to study it yeah uh, I couldn't really point you to uh, a vinyl or a, a compact disc or whatever that's got it because they feel that it should only be performed at the wedding. As somebody who has performed, because you have yeah, performed yeah, an Alborea, yeah. is it uh, nerve-wracking? Oh, um, I, I think you told me a story. I can't tell you how nerve-wracking it is because I, you know, it's not something that I normally play. Obviously, you wouldn't really play it in, in, normally in a concert. And so I had to learn it for a, a great dancer, Isa, to perform it at her wedding. And there were a, a very large number of people at this wedding who came over from Madrid and wherever. And it was quite a lot of pressure. Now, the only time you see this performed, really, is when I showed you the blood wedding, you know, the start of blood, you know? And, and, yeah. Now, I have to admit, back when I was re uh, uploading our flamenco cinema, episode i was searching for the albora i couldn't find it no. and i included the equally brilliant 
Argentinian tango oh, okay, by, yeah. by Pepe Martí. I think it yeah. was, was, it, was it Pepe Blanco? Pepe Blanco. The song yeah. was something along the, the lines of Mi Sombrero. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. So, but, but I suppose this is not so for entertainment, the Alborea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll set you a, a task. Don't, because I'll probably fail. <laughs> no, no, you've got to try and find a vinyl record, a vinyl record that's got Alborea on mm. it, because... Um, I, I mean, I know how to play it, but I don't have any recordings of it. So there is a reluctance to record it because if you're going to do it at a wedding, it's a special thing. What are the lyrics accompanying the Alborea? Well, they're just about about the novia, yeah, about the the bride to be and that kind of thing. Uh, it's quite a difficult thing to play, actually. Uh, um, as you said, I was. Uh, very nervous about doing this because it's it's not like doing a, a normal concert. You know, no. there you are, you're on the spot, and you've got to get through this thing. I'd have been happier to have accompanied a singer to to do it, but playing it solo is uh, not easy. But uh, I got through, and we had a lovely time, a lovely wedding. But I think you're going to ask me about, in a way, blood wedding again. Uh, I I think so because uh, by the way you know that we've watched all the three yeah, uh, with Antonio trilogy, yeah. and you know which one is my absolute the favorite one. the last one because uh, the last one and I'm going to uh, probably link an IMDb link to it yeah. if if anyone is interested to, to have a look but it's obviously called um, was it the fire dance. Yeah, the ritual. Yeah, fire the ritual dance. fire dance. Talking about the, the El Amor Brujo. El Amor Brujo. So. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, Bewitched Love. Yeah. Love Bewitched. Love Bewitched. Yeah. And the fire dance is virtually what we're looking for this time of year. Something with a lot of mystery around it, something with a lot of yeah. charged, well, we charged with superstition. This outside then, shouldn't we? I mean, the, the we the listen, the weather today. Yeah, you should put a big bonfire yeah. at your garden, and the weather is pretty much the typical autumnal yeah. weather in England. Um, but uh, I, I actually quite enjoyed it, you know? So tell me a little bit about the dancers, because in yeah. one of the, I, I don't think well, it was... the way the film opens, the first film, Blood Wedding. The, the, the Blood Wedding, because it, yeah. was, it wasn't in the last one, but the first film opens with uh, dancers doing yeah. some sort of prep. When you see them arriving, yeah, yeah? yeah. they're going to do a rehearsal. Yeah. And they, they sit down in their dressing rooms, all in front of their mirrors. Yeah, and obviously they're quite nervous. It's a difficult piece to perform. And Gaddis, as you know, we, I've met him. He's, he's quite on a strict top man. of his form. Yes, any mistakes are not tolerated. No, they're not allowed. <laughs> no. So they get out all their little trinkets and charms, little animals, and they get out pictures of, of the Virgin or religious icons and all kind. And you know, you probably remember they put them all around the mirror because they, they feel that if they put these all out. This will ensure that they do a good performance what, under pressure. Yeah, what sort of little animals do I you I don't do? know why they were for this. No. I mean, just, it's a bit like, you know, football managers that yeah. decide to wear the same shirt because yeah, they yeah. won. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's another superstition. People might feel, well, if I put my saint on the mirror... On the, or on the dashboard on, on the, the car. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, everything will go fine. It could be the Virgin of the Rosia or whatever. Uh, it, it, it makes them feel I think, comfortable. I think we saw rosaries as well. Yeah, yeah, I rosary, think so. yeah. yeah. it's yeah. a wonderful thing. Because unfortunately, in some versions of the film, to cut it down to just the blood wedding thing, they get, they've edited that, that bit out. Mm. You saw the full version where you saw them coming in and tucking these things, it, photos into the side yeah. of the mirror. 
Yeah, yeah. Doesn't the Lucia have a patron saint, by the way? Well, it, oh, the black cat has <laughs> the patron saint has arrived. Hello, uh, I know about Andalusia's whole. There's patron saints for. Yeah. I mean, like Cadith has, has got one. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm wearing it there. You see. So, who is the patron saint of Cadith? Do we have a name? The black cat is out of the bag. <laughs> okay. Now you're putting me on the spot there. Now listen. Um, <laughs> I think Lolo should do the rest of the interview. <laughs> I can never put him on the spot. No. Now you were talking about Halloween, and we did we did say at the start that Andalusia doesn't celebrate Halloween, but in a way it does because uh, there have been massive discotheques and clubs. Oh yes, I mean, oh oh, I I think I think. As, as a whole, as a, as a country, as a people, yeah. it, it, they don't have it as a national yeah. celebration. However, a lot of people have taken upon it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they tend to go for All Saints Day. All Saints when, Day, when they yeah. go to visit uh, the, the graves of their loved ones. And, and which which uh, day is that? I think it's the day following uh, Halloween. So the 1st of November. Yeah. November 1st. Yeah, yeah. Lolo knows. Um, and do you kind of see people dressed up ever in a particular way? Have you been in Andalusia around this well, time? I, I've seen, no, I've never been no. in Andalusia, but I've seen it on television. Oh, right. And it's starting to creep in uh, more and with, more. with the young people. I think there is an appeal because obviously we're trying to be good, but then yeah, we, we yeah, mix a little yeah. bit. It's, with a, it's a weird question you asked actually, because I'm not sure if I have ever been in Andalusia in November. In November, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I think I you should visit. I, I, think, I think you should visit in every time of year, yeah. whenever you come. But, um, and if you could recommend kind of a song, um, would that be the fire dance again that we can hear? If you hear? can find it, that would be brilliant. Yeah, Ritual Fire Dance, Manuel de Fire. I think that's available because it's on the soundtrack of the film. So that would El Amor be. Buruco. And you are talking to me about another superstition that's good to avoid if you don't want to have a poor performance. Yeah. If you have ever been to an outdoor festival in Flamenco, obviously there's a lot of people there. There's a president, normally of the of the Flamenco club, and he talks from a piece of, well, not one piece of paper, about eight pieces of paper, about every <laughs> yeah. competition the singer has won, and goodness knows what. And of course the singers get very nervous. And many of the singers will, before they have a little goblet of some refreshment, shall we yeah. say, they will make the sign of the cross, you know, because yeah. they, it's like entering uh, the ring, you know. Uh, they don't know how it's going to go, how the public are going to take them. Sometimes you see awful things where they don't hit the right tone. They're off. They're off tone with the guitar, you know. So uh, there is a whole ritual of doing this so that they don't go wrong. And then they'll, they'll, they'll do the sign of the cross before they they take and sit down on the chair. Yeah. So there is a whole way of attitude within, you know, a pre-ritual. It's, it's a ritual. It's a superstitious ritual. Yeah. yeah. And is that most of the flamenco singers? Well, I would say most, but certainly a, a high percentage. Yeah. Did yeah. Cameron do it? I haven't seen him do it, actually, no. no. But he, he did have his little ways of how yeah. things had to go. Yeah, you know? I think everyone does. Yeah. Uh, what would be actually then a, a good example of a flamenco song dedicated to religion or the Virgin that we can... Well, then you need to find a, a saeta. 
yeah. of La Nina de los Penes, somebody like that, or a modern Sayeta. Would go well with that. Yeah, Sayeta, yeah. 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 Sayeta. Well, look, we're going to end with we're the ending, beginning, yeah. we? Yeah, we're ending with, um, obviously, one of the the biggest authors ever um, linked to Andalusia, which is Lorca, which we obviously had a... Uh, you can go back and listen to our special on Lorca, uh, which is doing quite well. Not as well as Paco de Lucia special, who, by the way, very recently hit 400 listens on one of our platforms. Oh, that's great. It is amazing. Yeah. One of the best recordings to date that we've done. Um, but uh, Lorca uh, adapted the word duende. Yeah. And when they, I think there's a sort of a romantic feel to it that people, you know, like to use. But maybe you can give us a bit more of a hint. Yeah, I mean, it's quite is. controversial in a way yeah. because he's taken a word, duende. And a duende, what is a hobgoblin? Hobgoblin? Yeah, that's a great word, isn't it? I think so. So it's like a spirit that inhabits. It is a great spirit, <laughs> <laughs> if you know what I mean. So you, yeah. you could say that this farmhouse in the middle of Andalusia, yeah. this finca or whatever, in the house there's a spirit, there's a hobgoblin, there's duendes. This house has duendes, you see? Mm. And this was a... It's haunted. It's haunted, yeah. yeah. So this was a typical word that until Lorca took hold of it and in the 20s and gave his, his lectures and all of this, it, that's what it meant. So he took this word, and this is the fascinating thing, yeah. to mean... When you go to a flamenco concert, and it's somebody like Paco de Lucia or whatever, yeah? Of course, Paco wasn't active when he was, but whoever, you know, yeah, one yeah, of the top ones. Yeah. Um, you suddenly feel this thing going up your spine, mm. yeah? Like goosebumps. You're yeah. into a... A duende. Yeah, some people have the duende, other people don't, yeah? So it's this moment where your whole body is taken over by the, the sound of the singer or the guitarist. Sort of a musical ecstasy yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. So he, he coined this word and it, it became very big. You know, even Papa Lucia has got a record called Duende Flamenco, Duende Duende. Oh, I can try to find it. Yes, Duende Flamenco. And it, it became a massive thing. Now, I don't have a problem with it, but what I'm going to sort of end with is that I have an alternative to this, right? I try to avoid using the word duende, hobgoblin. And I say, when an artist is brilliant, they have el ángel. And what does that translate into? Well, angel. Angel. El ángel. El ángel. Thank you very much for joining us on our Halloween, we would call it special, but it's almost superstition special in flamenco. And this marks the end of our season five. Next week, we're going to season six. And we don't know what delights we're going to bring you yet, but we're working on many things. So please stay tuned as ever. I, I really, really, really enjoyed this episode. We talked about the various uh, songs linked to uh, superstition in flamenco. And you have to listen at your own risk, you know, if you're on Spotify. Listen to the Petanera at your own risk. We talked about the most superstitious man in flamenco. Uh, and uh, hopefully you can see him online as well. And also one of my favorite films um, with the great Antonio Gadit, because the fire dance, oh, if you could, if you could get hold of Elamor Bruch. Marco still doesn't believe me that this is so fascinating to me, but this is one of my favorite films that we've watched together. 
the only thing that's left for us is to wish you a happy spooky season, whatever you're doing. Uh, don't get too caught up in the superstitions. It's all good fun. And until the next time, whether you listen to, play or learn about flamenco, remember to always follow the beat.